jerky. Welcome back to another edition of Pod Jerky. On today's impromptu episode, we are joined by friend of the show, Jimmy Clare, who is the host of Crazy Fitness Guy podcast. Jimmy actually reached out to me and wanted to discuss what some of the struggles are with education workers and autistic students or students that are on the spectrum go through well in the education system. So I decided to take a Zoom call with Jimmy and discuss some of the struggles that I, as an education worker, have with students that are on the spectrum, and Jimmy has as a student that was on the spectrum while in the education system. So without further ado, let's have a listen to this interview, this back and forth conversation that the both of us had. And after the episode, I will share the links for you that you can go and check out both shows. So what what is it that you exactly want to do? Like, what challenges are you looking at? Like from whose perspective? Probably just in general. Like when I, um, like when I was in uh, in special education, uh, I re- I remember there was some questionable classroom uh, where the classrooms were um, space is available. Like I remember um, one of the classrooms I was in. It wasn't. It was the only classroom down this one hallway that uh, it was next to. The, uh, the bathrooms, but the whole, but the whole uh, hallway smells like, um, let's just say like, I know exactly smells, what you're talking about. Yeah. It smells like a bathroom, but it smells almost like sewage and everything. And it's like, yeah. and this is sanitary. <laughs> well, that's, that's usually where the special education rooms are is in like the basement and they're usually by a washroom. I, I, I don't know if that's for, emergencies so that if they do have to use the washroom and they're not fully capable, like I've worked with students that um, can't use the washroom on their own. Um, so you have to like run them to the washroom. So maybe that's a reason why they're closer to the, to the washroom, or it's because they want them out of the way of everybody else's classroom. Uh, I can't tell what, what the reasoning is. Cause I don't set that up. I don't set up for the classrooms are. I, I definitely understand that. Like, uh, but that was like one of the ideas I came up with. Like, well, the location always seems to be like an afterthought, and like and it wasn't just that scenario where I like we used to have when I was um, in middle school, we uh, like we upgraded from like a smallish kind of room, like, like say like medium size to like a very large size where we can actually move around in, and uh and so and we got like we got like prime time location it was like it had like nice glass uh uh see-through um, windows and everything and it was like really cool i got right next to the, the front office the main office and everything so you get to see everyone who's coming and going and uh, and like but then what's funny uh years later when i came back to visit uh, just out of curiosity, like visiting um, one of my teachers that made a big impact on my life. She, uh, like she showed me her new room and it was the old janitor's closet and it had no window, no view. And I was like, 
Well, gee, you know, imagine if I was a parent bringing my, uh, like for parent teacher conference and say, well, this seems like a broom closet. And some, and the teacher, like, how do they react and say, well, that's the funny thing. It was. Yeah. See, I, I can tell you that it's, it's hard because I've worked in multiple schools. So it's been different at every school that I've worked at. Uh, the, the school that I'm currently at, we basically have our own section on a floor. So there are four classrooms, um, but one is kind of like a, just a closed in room. Uh, there's no windows. Uh, it's just a double door, like one door in and then one door to the next classroom over. Um, but it's it's different because that student had to be separated from the rest of the students because he was very physical. He was very violent. So um, he wouldn't be able to be in a general classroom. So I was with him with another adult in a in a classroom by ourselves just for that reason, because the the, the student was too physical for the rest of the class and he would hurt other students. So he had to be pulled into another classroom on his own. And then there's classrooms that are full of students uh, with special needs in this department. So, I mean, it's, it, it's totally different. And other schools, we would all be in one classroom um, and the classroom was okay. I mean, it wasn't the greatest classroom, um, but it suited the needs for the kids. Okay. Um, so in your opinion, what do you think would have to, uh, what, what do you think the challenges of special education uh, are? Or for workers? Yeah. So for, for myself, um, a lot of the challenges for us would be handling the violence, like the physical violence. Like I work in high school right now, so I get um, the, the bigger kids than elementary school kids. Uh, when I'm with the high school kids, it's um, a little tougher because I'm a male. There aren't a lot of male uh, education assistants. And what happens with the males is that they give us the bigger students because we're physically bigger. And we can handle the uh, physical students a lot better, I guess, than the than the women do. Not to say that the women can't handle them, but at the same time, it's just, you know, the, the student I was working with for the past four years was bigger than I am. And I'm bigger than most of the females at my school. So, I mean, it just makes sense to put me with that student. Um, so that's a big challenge. And challenge also is depending on what end of the spectrum they're on. Um, so you can be very high functioning or you could be very low on the spectrum. And the challenges there for us are to create a program for the student based on their needs. Um, so my student was unable to do uh, quite a few things. Um, he wasn't very verbal. He didn't want to write, like his writing was very, very sloppy. So we had to do different things to try and get him to do what we wanted him to do. And then the end goal was, I think at the end of the year, we just wanted him to be able to write down his name, his phone number, his address, and his parents' name in case he ever went out in public and, you know, was separated from his parents, he'd be able to tell somebody that. That makes sense. Uh, okay. I'm wondering if this blog post was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, has there any, um, you think there's any uh, challenging parts for this uh, students in uh, special education today? Oh yeah, absolutely. They have the 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 issue I see in in schools is that they get their their workers get switched too much. So there there's no consistency with their workers. Um, you will have you know one worker one day, another worker another day. Um, there's not enough staff to cover the uh, amount of students there are in the departments. 
So I think that consistency isn't there for um, kids that are on the spectrum and they need that repetitiveness, right? Um, I don't know how you are with that, but the, the repetitiveness for um, a lot of kids on the spectrum, um, they require that. So every day would be the same schedule. Uh, come in, go to your locker, come sit down at your desk and do some work, then go for a walk. And they, they, they know that routine every day. And if somebody different is working with them, they may not know that routine. And then it gets pulled away from them. And then they, you know, they start to get frustrated because they can't communicate that, you know, this is not what we do. Yeah, I definitely uh, can relate to that 100%. Uh, because back in high school, we, um, like back in high school and middle school, whenever time I had a one-on-one helper and um, when my helper was out because they were sick or she was sick or whoever was sick some I always got a, a substitute and it was like the worst possible thing I've had to deal with because uh j- just some of them were like I mean t- not trying to like be rude or anything but they were kind of like they were definitely clueless at times and when I tried to fill them in uh, like some of them listened and some of them did not want to listen and it was like are you making this up and it's like uh, I don't think I can make this whole scenario up. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's difficult because, um, like I said, like the, the consistency isn't there, right? It's, it's tough, especially with nonverbal kids. Um, it, it's uh, like they're so used to that routine every day and, and it gets out of uh, control sometimes. And then, you know, one of the other challenges that you face is, you don't know, you know, some of the parents don't want to communicate with um, the, the workers. So if I have a student and the parents don't communicate with you, you don't know how the morning went or how the night went, or like, did they sleep well? And um, so we find that a lot, like that happens a lot um, with some of the students that we work with, um, that the parents don't communicate that they had an off night or an off morning. And then they come into school and they're very, very amped up and you know, all over the place. And we're trying to calm down the situation um, before it gets out of hand. And then, you know, there's physical violence that, that happens just because they're frustrated. And, and I understand, um, but at some points they have to go home um, because they're, they're a danger or um, they may injure another student. So, you know, that, that's another challenge that we face with um, some of the students that we work with. And uh do you, do you think it also is a challenge uh, to the students that they can't, um, that some of them are not able to uh, uh, like sit still and they're kind of like, oh, I need to get up and get the hell out of this place. And because uh, I know very big challenge. Yes, too. Yeah, very big challenge. Um, there's a lot of students that they just want to get up and be you know, walking around or doing something physical. And, you know, I've worked with students that will sit at their desk and do their work and just, you know, it just takes a little bit of extra time. But I've also worked with students that, you know, you just say, okay, let's just get this one, this one task done. And then we'll do, you know, a walk or we'll go to the gym or we'll go, you know, wherever it is around the school to do something uh, in terms of physical activity. But, you know, it, 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 that is a challenge. Yes, absolutely. And uh, do you think that some of the, uh, do you think people on, uh, do you think the schools need to 
like rethink the locations of the special education classes. And so just like giving like a second thought and like with that, like maybe like, okay, you know, we're just gonna put these people down all the way in the very, very bottom of the school with the rats or. I, I somewhat I somewhat agree and disagree with that because agree yes because they're always put in in the basements like from my uh, personal experience um but i also agree because there are a lot of disruptions that happen especially if you're working with high high needs um like lower on the spectrum uh students uh, we have a lot of those in our school um that make a lot of noise that scream that are violent that throw like chairs or tables or whatever it is and i think they try to keep that away from the general population as to not distract um the classes that are going on uh, and the learning that's going on so they figure if we put them you know in the basement there's still class other classrooms in the basement we're just in our own section so like we have like four classrooms in part of the hallway and then at the other end of the hallway there's another four classrooms but it's separated by um a stairwell that goes up to the next floor um so we're still in the same floor as other classrooms it's just that we're separated in our own little section just, I guess, so that the noise level doesn't happen. Like we had a lot of noise coming out of our classrooms. Uh, one of the other challenges I think is that some of the workers that, that work with uh, special needs kids, and, and I say this very often, is that um, there's a lot of older um, people that are working in special needs right now. And when they were starting off in the job, um, it wasn't the same as it is today and uh, there weren't as many tasks as there is today and i guess the younger generation that's coming up and starting the jobs uh, for special education um, have gotten a little bit more training in certain situations and know how to deal with certain situations a little more than the older generation and that's not a knock on the older generation at all because they're still doing a fantastic job keeping up with um, all the current situations that are going on. It's just that they were so used to a certain way of doing things and then things progressively changed during the course of, you know, the past 20 years that they're still, you know, try their old ways, which may not work anymore. And uh, we find that to be a challenge sometimes too, because not everybody knows what to do. And I think generally as a school board, I think there should be more training for everybody. Um, and how to deal with certain situations. Like what are the challenges that you face that you see as a student with um, the teacher, like as a, a, with an assistant or a teacher being in a classroom, in a special education classroom, what are some of the challenges that you see? Uh, when I was in special education back in, uh, I'm gonna say from a high school point of view, because uh, when I was in high school, uh, because middle school, I really liked, uh, I was in like one special education class for all my major subjects and everything. So I didn't have to go from one class to another class, only for my electives. But in high school, I had to jump from every single class. And I don't, I think it was totally bogus uh, that I had to do that. Uh, and I, I'm going to say one thing about the bogusness of that, uh, because there was this uh, hallway that they called the knuckle and as you know the hand has five knuckles and so there were five hallways going to one hallway and it was packed and there was no it, if you got stuck in the in the knuckle you're late to the next class automatically 
and the teacher and some teachers hated people being late and it's like it's not my fault she's and some teachers like tell me like well get here in time early well how do i do that <laughs> and then i started working with some of my let's say more laid back kind of teachers but i mean they still like were hard but they weren't like okay well i'm just gonna i'm gonna stop being ball busted to you what what these people what some what the laid back teachers did like they started letting me go uh out of class like the last five minutes of class because obviously they're just going over what's due for homework and i have my teacher for homeroom my history teacher for homeroom and so if i missed the last five minutes uh, and like I had study hall the next, uh, like the next period, so I could come right back to his uh, classroom and say, "Hey, uh, I need a clarification, and whatnot." And so they saw let me. Some of my teachers let me saw leave class early, but what I saw was my uh, my English teacher. She was uh, in twelfth grade. She, I think she kind of taught. I think she, I, I think she was like there one too many years and uh i think she just i think what worked for her years ago did not necessarily work for me and she she thought every, i feel like she thought she could teach every she could have people learn at every single um at one level like one size fits all and it was totally annoying because like we were reading all these absurd books uh like one of them was the great Gats gatsby and and i, I i've heard of it i never read it and I, I mean i read it for a class but i i didn't even count it as a reading list for, uh on my personal library on goodreads because it's like I don't even like I, I'm really good at memorizing like what I read in books and whatnot. I don't remember what the hell I read. <laughs> uh, it, it was all a blur, a blur, and I was just trying to think like uh, and, and like there was times where she in my study hall class I was done with all my homework assignments and she walks by and uh, she tell she says to me and it's like you're supposed to be working at study hall. I'm already finished. I was like, oh yeah, well, let me see. She sits down. She makes me uh, watch her. And there's one time, it was most annoying. She, uh, I can answer this one question on this uh, study guide that she was having us fill out and everything. She's like, oh, that's in the book. It's in the book, really. That, that that's why I couldn't find it. And, and and so she made me watch her flip through every single page in the book, scanning each page. I think it was like a hundred plus page book or something. And uh, and at at the end of the study hall, she admits, "You're right. The question wasn't in the book." And I was like, "Gee, I'm right. Thank you. Thanks, Captain Obvious." And I probably shouldn't have been a smartass to her. But she just kept on calling me lazy after lazy after lazy. And I was getting straight A's. Uh, if that makes me lazy, then let me try to get straight F's then. You know, I, 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 I kind of see that every day as well um, throughout the different schools that I've been in. Different adults treat the kids differently um, depending on who it is, who's working with who. There'll be some people that will um, back talk to the kids There'll be some people that treat them like really, really well. There'll be some people that just don't want to pay attention. They're just there for a paycheck. Like you see everything. You see it all throughout um, throughout the the whole education system. Uh, it's no different than um, in a in a normal classroom setting. 
Um, you still have teachers that really, really, really care. Um, you have teachers that don't care at all. You have teachers that are just in the middle. Um, I, I see that that same thing throughout the education system, no matter where you go. Did you find it hard um, having different teachers every year? And it was a different learning style for you. Um, there was different expectations put onto you. Um, I find um, that every time you get a different teacher, um, like in our, in our department, luckily it's the same three teachers that are there. Um, the classrooms usually stay the same year after year, uh, student-wise, um, because there's different levels um, of uh, the spectrum for each classroom. But do you find it hard if you have to go from teacher to teacher in what their expectations are for you personally? Yes and no. Um, it, there was times where some of the people I talked uh, that I went to, uh, that some of my teachers, uh, like one of the teachers I, I had to go to, uh, she told me I needed to do A, B, C, and D. And I did A, B, C, and D. But then other teachers told me, it's like, forget what A, B, C, and D is in this room. And you have to follow my rules on this way. I'm really, really confused. And like, uh, I don't know like how your school district does it, but uh, every semester I got a different case manager and there's was some IEP uh, case managers that were really, really great on top of the ball. And there was other ones that just kind of did like the least work as possible. And I, I, I hated when I was at the age where I was able to go to my own IEP meetings. As I had to sit there and listen to everyone says, you know what, I think this will benefit Jimmy. And then it's like, and the other side argues like, no, no, this is not going to be well for Jimmy. I'm at the other end of the table. I mean, like at the very end of the table, like the head of the table. And it's like, well, Jimmy is sitting right here. And I think you're all a bunch of morons. I mean, I did not say any of that, but. Yeah, see, see, it's different because you, you understood and could communicate with with uh, the, the people that were in on the IEPs. And, you know, we have students that don't understand and, and people talk in front of them like they don't understand. But, you know, in my head, I still feel like they understand. They just can't communicate back, you know, what they want to say. Whereas you understood and they were still saying these things in front of you, saying that, you know, this is what's going to benefit Jimmy. Only Jimmy knows what's going to benefit Jimmy. Jimmy knows how to work at his own pace. And you know how you're going to be able to do things at a certain tempo, pace, whatever it is. You know how that's going to get completed. They're, they're just putting expectations on you because they want it done the way that they want it done. Exactly. And like when they were, uh, and, and during those meetings, I was not allowed to say anything. I was just sitting there minding my own business. And I was like, can I go back to class and be bored there? Uh, and some of the, some of the, classes that they that that meeting interrupted uh some of them i liked and then there's some of them i absolutely hated but uh, one of the times when they were having the meetings was right in the middle of my art class and it's like you pulled me out of my art class i'd rather be getting back in art and it's like it's more fun but then there was times where it got me out of uh, my english teacher's class and it's like yeah yeah she absolutely hated those meetings and, yeah. and i and i loved it when i could see her that just looking at her face and say i hate being here i could be here anywhere here and i was like well if i'm stuck here you're stuck with me yeah well i i see i understand they book iep meetings 
they have so many of them to do throughout the day or throughout the week or whatever time frame that they have it set up for. I understand that they have a lot of them to do and they have to pull you out at certain times, but you, you generally want to keep the students in the classes that they enjoy more because it stimulates their brain activity. It stimulates, you know, their, their uh, enjoyment in the program that you're in. Um, whereas the ones that they're not totally engaged in, um, Yes, they're going to have a little bit of trouble, maybe if they miss a class, but they can always get help after any class, just like any student in the school can. Um, but if they're not engaged in that class, they're still not retaining any of the information and it's no good for them anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also have to bring up, it's like, you know, like what can make those IEP meetings more meaningful? I, my, uh, my mentor has been uh, helping me like finding different conferences and everything. And uh, and it's not like all up to her. I have a conference like uh, an app that finds different conferences it's too that I could apply for. But then like she, she has these, uh, she has contacts that she passed along to me and whatnot. And uh, her point, like uh, one of the school districts that she uh, worked with made their uh, kids go to their own IEP meetings and actually talked in their own IEP meetings and uh, what and was asking and like telling them telling the grown-ups what they need and uh, and I thought that was kind of cool way and it's like now if only my now if only uh, colleges and school districts uh, get their heads out of their clouds they could start seeing because like for instance um, accommodations for college uh, and I don't know if it's everywhere in, in every college, but uh, like the colleges, like, okay, one of the accommodations I could get is a note-taking. However, that's only benefits me if somebody wants to be willing to be a note-taker. If no one wants to be a note-taker, technically I don't get accommodation, <laughs> that accommodation. So I'm just like, this is an accommodation. And it's like, you guys don't even like try the teacher, the teacher, all the teacher has to do is like, and I'm not like blaming teachers or anything in college, but it's like, the accent's like, well, we have someone in this class that has an accommodation for note taking. Would anybody be interested in, in it? And no one ever says, I, I never heard one person has said yes yet. And, uh, and I think it's, I think it's totally, dumb that's a kind of accommodation at, because you're kind of like setting people up to fail uh, because like okay if somebody doesn't want to be a note taker you don't get that accommodation well that was your only accommodation and so you, you don't get it yeah. that seems fair we have technology how about you let me have a um uses zoom and record the whole classroom and i can uh, listen to my notes i was like well uh and of course, the, the state laws that stay, well, you have to um, ask to uh, record people and everything. Have you put that in accommodations? Just let me record. As I like, yeah. ask anybody that way. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Again, I'm not a lawyer or anything. Uh, yeah, the accommodations are a hard part of it as well. Um, they can't accommodate everything um, that they put into the IEPs and, and, uh, any of the like the testing that they do, they try to do as best they can. But there, there's been a few things that I've noticed throughout the years. I mean, uh, I don't have any specific examples offhand, but I mean, throughout the years that I've been with certain 
grade students. Like I've, I've worked right from kindergarten all the way up until, you know, the kids have been 21 years old. Uh, so I've seen a lot of the uh, different accommodations that were set. And then you sit there and you think about it and say like, okay, you know what? Like this student might be colorblind. Like this student does not know how to hold a pencil and they're not able to write. Like there's gotta be something else. And, and they will say that exact thing. Well, that's not in their accommodation. So we gotta get them to do it themselves. And I'm like, I'm fully aware that we need to get them to do it themselves. But until we can get them to that point, there's got to be an accommodation for them to, to make it up until that point. And, you know, so I, I've seen a lot of that throughout the years. And I kind of think is kind of weird is that like some of the accommodation, other accommodations, like, uh, for instance, um, like if you need assisting technology, uh, they have to go through hoops and it may or may not happen. And I just, I just got kind of thinking, it's like, but we have, and so you guys have a boat, like a huge tech department and with the latest, you guys, you guys say on the on websites and everything, we have the latest technology. Well, how about you start investing in some technology to get assisted technology because you want, well, gee, guess what? If you're accommodating more people who have extra challenges, equals more money for you guys. Cha-ching. Yeah. See, I, I noticed like um, a couple of times that I've worked with students that they were, they're nonverbal, but they were able to do um, at least like one or two word strings together. And, you know, they would, we would have teams come in and they would tell us, you know, they need to use the iPad to ask to go to the washroom. So they would have a program set up where they would touch the button and it would say uh, washroom. And I refused to use it. And they told me, no, 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 you need to use it. And I'm like, no, but the student can say, I need to use the washroom. Why am I letting them use the iPad to do it for them when they can say it themselves? And they'll say, well, that's because that's what's in their IEP. We need them to use it. They're using it at home. We want them to transfer it and use it at school. I'm like, but this kid knows how to communicate that they need to use the washroom. Why are we using it? So when they left, and not to knock them or anything, because I know they're doing their job. But when they left, I wouldn't do it because I wanted to encourage the verbal aspect of it if they were able to do it. It's no different than them saying to me, you know what, I can speak in sentences, but you know what, we did like some tests on you and we want you to use the iPad. Like there's no there's no reason for it if they're able to communicate that verbally. That's kind of like uh, I've uh... I heard, I don't know if the saying, uh, if the saying, uh, if you don't use it, you will lose it will apply here, but I like the saying very much because uh, I think it's kind of true. If you don't use your voice, who knows, do you lose it? I don't know. Uh, I don't want to find out. Or um, not that you're going to lose it, but you may lose certain tools um, that you would have in, in your verbal aspect of it. You would lose uh, maybe some of your vocabulary or forget certain things that you used to be able to see. And especially those that were lower on the spectrum, right? They, they may forget what they were trying to say, and then it doesn't come out the way they want it to come out anymore because they were being trained so much on the iPad or technology to do it for them. Uh, we have a student at our school that is verbal, but won't talk at school. And, you know, there's, there's no, um, I guess, reinforcement for him to speak verbally, they let him use the iPad. And it's, it, it boggles my mind, because we know, at home, he speaks, but at school, he won't do it. So, you know, you got to use different tactics in, in terms of um, getting communication, I guess, uh, together with 
the students and the parents and, you know, the school system and, and everything together so that these kids can succeed as best as possible and be able to get out into the world after they turn 21 and they're done school, um, that they're able to succeed out in the, the, uh, the world if, if they're going to have a, a job after or if they're going to go to day camps after or if they're going to just you know, stay at home. Uh, you still want what's best for them at the end of the day. Exactly. And uh, I, I just think that sometimes the, sometimes I feel like the IAPs work not always in your best interest. Yeah. And like, it can work against you. Like, uh, like I said, like the note taking or uh, like now I can actually, like when I was going into college in person, uh, I'm able to use my computers to, uh, uh, take notes on and sometimes I just press record on my computer just to uh, and like I don't I'm, I'm not a person to sell uh, uh, notes or anything I'm <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not that kind of person and so yeah. uh, I just save my notes so I can go back to listen because <clears throat> sometimes like even though I'm paying attention there's just a lot of information to for me to uh, retain and then if I don't retain it I'm like okay crap what did the teacher say what did the teacher say nope yep. I have no idea what the teacher said <laughs> yeah I, I think a, a lot of um, I guess special needs departments are also hampered by curriculum so like a lot of the times you don't want to stray away from the everyday routine uh, like you're, you're still doing your math you're still doing your English you're still doing your writing you're still doing whatever whatever courses it is, depending on the level that the students are at. And and I like to have fun with the students. And you know, I used to sing and dance before COVID with uh, some of the students. And this year, um, because things are opening back up and we may be allowed to like congregate with classes again, um, I, I want to start a podcast with some of the the students uh, in the special needs department and get them to tell stories of their everyday lives or maybe be able to interview and try and build some of those communication skills with them that way uh, and then just put it out there and you know and and that's something for them to look forward to so you know there's there's other things that you can do in departments that aren't necessarily school curriculum that will actually help benefit the students outside of school when they're done because you know in in the department that i'm in um there aren't a lot of high functioning kids so at the end of their school tenure I don't think that they're going to go out and get like an office job or uh, like, you know, some like high executive job or anything like that. Not to say that they can't because, you know, they're there. They can do anything that they want. But at the end of the day, doing things differently with with the kids, it just it allows them to actually look forward to something. And then they may choose this type of communication inside of the school. Like, like I was saying, our, our kids, some of them are, are low functioning kids and they, and they won't be having like, you know, regular jobs when they finish school. So, you know, if this gives them something to look forward to, or they get to interview, you know, maybe a celebrity that they, they really, really want to talk to, or being able to just improve on their communication skills. Um, and then you kind of say, you know, what do you want to do video where, you know, you can, uh, learn the, the eye contact portion of it. And, you know, they're, they're just, just different verbal communications or verbal cues and, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I think it would be really, really interesting um, if they let me go ahead and do uh, what I have planned to do. That would be 
awesome because I know, uh, like I, some of the electives I got to do in uh, high school, one of, uh, one of them was uh, this TV slash movie class. And there was actually like a kind of a TV set in the uh, classroom. And so people got to actually work, the students got to work the lights, cameras, and actually we got to be behind the desk. And that's how they did the, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it like um, morning uh, introductions and the Pledge of Allegiance and, and whatnot. And so, and they actually did the weather and even though that they got it like wrong like 100% of the time, but. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, that's science for you, but, uh, but, but you know what it, and it, and you know, I can also teach them, you know, how to edit and, you know, there, there's different things that they can do on the computer behind the scenes. If they don't really want to be a voice on the microphone or a face on the camera, there's different things that they can do behind the scenes that they may be able to do when they leave high school, because you know what, we didn't know that they had those skills on the computer because we don't give them that opportunity because we want them to be, you know, at their desk and writing and, and doing this and doing that. And, you know, if we give them that opportunity, maybe they excel at that and they just can't communicate with us to say, hey, this is, uh, this is something I want to do, but we have no idea that that's what they want to do. So I'm going to try and bring that forward and see if that's something that we can work on and see if that's something the kids would enjoy. I know there's a few kids that would love to do it. Um, because they aren't shy on a microphone at all, because they would get on a microphone and sing in the classroom. So I don't think they would be shy at all to do it. And especially if they're with me, um, they trust me. So uh, I would actually be on with them and, and help them and guide them along the way and, and let them run the show. But I mean, I'd be there just in case that they had any uh, issues or any like, you know, dead space that they, they didn't feel comfortable talking. That would be awesome. Like I remember, like even in the movie class, we got to learn. Uh, like uh, we were watching the movie Twilight. Uh, obviously, it was not my most favorite movie that we watched, but my teacher actually pointed out scenes that no one else would have like picked up on. But she's like, uh, "See how this person was running?" And she like played it in slow mo. I was like. I was like, that's fake. It's all edited to make it look so real. And I was like, that's cool. And, and like, she had this like special kind of program on the computer. It's like, stop. And it's like, and, and she like, she should be dragged along. It's like, see, it's like not even touching the ground. Not even, and it's like, I was like, I want this program. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't even tell yeah. me what it was. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's going to be interesting. It's, uh, I'm hoping that we can do something like that this year. Uh, I think it'll make it fun for the students. I think it'll give them a different uh, outlook on certain things. Uh, the teachers might enjoy it because it might give them a little bit of a break um, from working with the students and we can do different programming with them. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Hopefully uh, the kids will, you know, take to it and uh, enjoy doing it. Hopefully. Well, like my mom always says, nothing venture, nothing gain. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. You don't give it a try. You never know. Right. Yeah, that's that's been going off over my head for the last four years of running Crazy Fitness Guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
That was a little bit of an impromptu conversation that Jimmy and I had. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I really enjoy talking with Jimmy anytime that we get a chance to talk and do a show together. Uh, Jimmy is really insightful on some of the stuff that he talks about. Go and check out his website. He's got lots of blog posts on there that you can read. Go and check out his uh, podcast as well. Fantastic uh, show, fantastic guy. And please go and check out Jimmy. You can find Jimmy on crazyfitnessguy.com. And you can also find him on Instagram at Jimmy Claire Speaks. Uh, you can go to his website and you can find all of the links. He has live shows on YouTube and Twitch. And uh, you can find him on any of the social media channels and social media platforms, as well as the podcast platforms. So please go and check out his show. As always, you can also find Pod Jerky on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Jerky. You can also find us on our link tree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Pod Jerky. You can also find us on our Bite Size. That's B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E dot M-E forward slash pod jerky and as always stay safe be kind to each other and we will see you later pod jerky